You're listening to Discovering Multifamily, where we discuss all educational topics in commercial real estate with an emphasis on multifamily apartment investing via syndication. And now your hosts, former NFL fullback Brian Leonard and Anthony Scandariato. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Discovering Multifamily Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Scandariato, here with Red Properties. And today here we have a special guest, Dan Eberkoff, and he's the CEO of Front Range Land. And he's got a pretty interesting story. He started his real estate investing journey at the age of 16 years old. And uh, he's managed to build an impressive real estate business and portfolio that allows him the freedom to live and work where he wants well within into his 20s. And um, he knows the in and outs of the real estate investing world. He specifically focuses on land investing, but he's kind of done everything, multifamily, residential, commercial, et cetera. Um, so we'd love to hear your story, Dan, on how you got started in real estate and kind of what you've been working on. And we could focus on um, you know, land investing and what that exactly means. Are you just buying land that's already entitled and then you're flipping the land to a developer or are you getting you know entitlements yourself like what what are you working on now and for what asset classes is it built to rent is it just regular single family homes um so i'd love to hear that story and again uh thanks for coming on yeah anthony hey thanks for having me thanks for the uh introduction there uh let's start with land and and kind of what that what function that serves in my business so front range land is my active business, which more than anything is just a means for creating and, and ultimately scaling my income to then create more passive income via buy and hold rental properties. And so if you think of it quite simply as a giant marketing funnel, all going direct to seller for land, we buy land at 30 to 50 cents on the dollar, depending where it is, all the uh, factors regarding the market. And um, then most of it, we just flip sometimes for cash, sometimes for terms, but several parcels at a time, I'll put spec homes on. And you mentioned something really important there. You said, is it all entitled? Yes. Everything that I go after has already been developed horizontally. And that makes the development process much, much easier for anyone that has gone through the process of getting entitlements, extending streets and roads, utilities. That is <laughs> painstaking, expensive, and a lot of headache is involved working with the city or county, depending on where you are. So everything that I go after is, for all intents and purposes, shovel ready. And that makes the building of homes very easy and the selling of just the land, if that's what we're going to do with the parcel, much more uh, appealing to, to builders because it's ready to go. Can you talk about the start, the current, um, we're recording this kind of Q2 of 2023, the current state of the market from you know, a builder's perspective, I think builders are doing great, at least for mm -hmm. single family homes, they have the ability to buy down interest rates and, you know, um, create creative structures that existing homes couldn't provide at this point sure. in the market. Um, could you talk about what you're seeing from, I guess, maybe a transactional perspective, because it sounds like you're very transactional focused. Um, mm -hmm. I know single family homes has been down probably year over year, over 50%. Mm -hmm. um, can you talk about uh, land and who is your end client at the end of the day and what exactly are they doing with it? And what's their market sentiment? Sure, sure. So the vast majority of the people that buy the lots from us are just builders. And uh, 
you know, in the Southeast, North Carolina, Florida, it's, it's still on fire. I mean, we're still selling land quickly. If you look at how many lots, just for example, are coming on the market every month versus selling many of the markets I'm in more are selling every month than coming on the market because uh, there's still a massive demand and housing shortage in, in many parts of Florida and North Carolina. Here in Colorado, things have slowed down, but then in the last month, six weeks or so, things have really started to tick up again. Inventory is getting gobbled up quickly. It's going down again. And uh, I had two spec homes go under contract to sell last week. So, I mean, it, it's still just more of a balanced market here. It's not the frenzy I'm seeing down in the Southeast, but by any tr normal means, any normal point of reference, it's still a strong market. Uh, so are you, are you, I mean, we use the term wholesaling. Is this, are you kind of similarly wholesaling land instead of residential properties? Buy and sell it. I, I close on it. I don't do assignments. Assignments make me uncomfortable. Um, so yeah, it's, it's the difference is most people assume assign when you say wholesale. So I, I actually close on it. And the market you're focused in is in Colorado? Uh, all over the Southeast and Colorado. So I only have built here in Colorado because uh, I want to I'm, I'm cautious about that. I've looked at building in Florida, but I, I either want to have someone I really trust there to check it frequently or be there myself. So I've kept all the builds here where I live in Colorado. So you kept all the builds. So what are you doing with those builds? Are you just, you're keeping them rent, rented? Oh, no. What I meant, kept all the builds here is in I've only done them here in Colorado. I've always sold them to end buyers. Um, for years, did it all on pre-sale when, uh, you know, 2019, 2020, and then it became a little bit of a problem when commodities went crazy. But before that, it was uh, a pretty solid and easy business model to just sell homes, new construction homes on pre-sale. We can talk about that. But yeah, up to this point, I've always sold them. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, I'm looking at buying some duplex lots, building duplexes and just keeping them now. Okay, so a little bit shift in the strategy. Um, so how did you get started when you were 16? So at that age, I was working for a guy back in Ohio, where I'm from originally, who owned a farm and a portfolio of rental properties. And he gave me all of that to manage because I'd already been working for him for a few years while well, he'd spend most of the year in Aruba. And uh, that taught me all about the type of real estate I do not want to own. It was uh, C minus at best. He definitely was a bit of a slumlord. He had a confrontational dynamic with the tenants. Uh, so that was not pl pleasant, but I learned a lot through that at a pretty young age and uh, did that through high school and college. I, I ran a landscaping company on the side of school and uh, long story, but ended up reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad when I was 20. It was like the light bulb moment, right? This is what I want to do. Real estate it is. And uh, ended up buying a duplex at 21 to house hack, moved out here to Colorado, bought another house hack. It was around that time that I realized the low and no money down stuff is great, but this is a cash intensive venture as far as investing, actual investing. And uh, at the local real estate group here, I met a guy who had been doing land and development for the last 40, 45 years, went and helped him in his business every weekend, and eventually just kind of took what he was doing and applied it myself. And so that's how I got into the building houses and the buying and selling of land. No, that's great. Okay. So definitely uh, a little bit different than what I'm used to. So yeah, can you kind of talk about um, you know, you, you mentioned something about pre-sale, pre-selling now. Is that is that market dynamics still pretty similar to where you were a few years ago, as you mentioned? Sure. So, 
Yeah, when commodities went crazy, pre-sales became a problem, right? When lumber jumped up, concrete, a lot of the subs have gone crazy, windows. Uh, but we're getting back to more stability. And so I'm looking at doing that again. And in, in practice, it was a really simple business model. <clears throat> you had a bunch of lots we'd buy. And at the time, I could buy lots down in, in the market that I was building in or am building in for you know five to 10 grand, which was great. I missed those days. <clears throat> and we'd, we'd have a realtor market them for sale. And when people were interested, we'd say, hey, we're not interested in just selling the land, but if you want us to put the home on it, we can do that. Here's our contractor. Here's our portfolio of lots. Here's the plans we've been building. And it's amazing when you have the land paid off and a, a, a contract, a building contract for a home. So a pre-sold home, the bank, the local bank I'd used for years would finance it 100%. And so it was a really simple business model. Looking at potentially doing that again, had a couple clients that looked at one of the spec houses I have. They didn't like the location, but they liked the house. And so we are talking through potentially starting to do that again. But um, we'll see. Not 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 clear whether I'm going to do that yet. So then how are you finding, um, is this an off, this is an off-market process? You're going direct to seller. How are you finding these leads? Mail, primarily. Uh, but I have a couple of my acquisition guys do cold calling as well. But with land or with any asset, you got to think through what does the, you know, the avatar who's going to sell this product look like and align your marketing accordingly? And so for land, a lot of times it's you know baby boomers who you'd be amazed how often we have to physically mail purchase agreements. They don't have email. So texting probably isn't the best solution for the demographic that sells land. So mail and cold call tend to be what works best. And we focus on those, but especially mail. Now, the mail, is that like the yellow cards? Like, what are you saying typically on these these mailers? And they told they're probably, and who's your target seller? Like, yeah, you know. great. I'm glad you asked. So the pain points we have found most frequently for, for land sellers, right? Think about it. Land is almost always bought for cash. And so here, my lowest hanging fruit lists are 10 plus years owned, you know, sometimes 15, 20 plus years owned. So if they were buying this for cash that long ago, they tend to be in a strong financial position and they tend to be more apathetic about money. You know, maybe they were a builder. They bought 20 lots. They bill out 15 of them. They have five left. They're old. They're wealthy. They just want to get rid of them. Or, you know, they bought it a long time ago intending to move to Florida for whatever reason that didn't happen. And so they just, they still have it. So my point being is it's rarely distress. It's almost always apathy. And so they just want someone who's trustworthy, legitimate, who will get the job done. And so our, our postcards aren't hitting on pain points of, you know, sell fast now, you know, we can, we aren't targeting distress. And so we talk about, we'll send proof of funds. Uh, we use such and such title company or attorney, depending on the state. Uh, here's our website. The whole focus is building legitimacy and hey, we'll actually get the job done because they are sick and tired of people sending them letters and calling them who have no money and are just trying to lock it up and then assign the contract. And so that has worked really well for us just focusing on, hey, we have the cash, we'll close this. Here's our website. Here's our attorney. Here's our, our FAQ sheet. Everything's very standardized and professional looking. And then we align our marketing accordingly. So that works very well. And what market have you been the most busy in? Recently. Probably all over Florida. Um, I mean, we are, we are all over Florida, except the Panhandle. That's the only place I haven't done business in. But then there's a, a section in North Carolina, too, that is very, very busy right now that we're doing a lot of business in. 
And you said you started out, I mean, obviously you're based in Colorado. Um, so how have you seen the two markets different, at least in 2023? Yeah, Colorado has slowed down a lot more than the Southeast, I'd say is, is probably the biggest difference I'm seeing because mm-hmm. it's already really expensive here. And Colorado boomed through the 2010s. I believe we are still growing a little bit, but it's slowed down because it's, it's just expensive here. And it's lesser so the case down in Florida and North Carolina, at least the parts we're in. So they're still growing rapidly. Yeah. Um, and so now you're looking at building duplexes. Um, are you trying to find already entitled land for multifamily housing? The same same type of story? Yeah. So big picture, the the big shift for me is, you know, for years, I've, I've done some gnarly rehabs on uh, rentals. I bought properties that were very distressed, turned them into rentals. And I'm at a point where I would rather put all or the majority of my time and effort into just scaling my active income and then buying or building just nice turnkey properties. I, I am... You know, we all have different skill sets, things we're good at, things we like to do. I am done with the rehabs that I've been doing. So that's why there's been kind of a pivot where I'm just looking to build and keep some nice duplexes that I can do cost seg on and and uh, put in my portfolio and then really put my time and attention to just scaling my income via front range land. Now, to answer your question, the uh, market I'm in down south in Colorado all the land is entitled. It's actually, interestingly enough, it's a subdivision done originally in the 70s by the same guy who did Lake Havasu, for anyone that's familiar with Havasu. Uh, and so water lines are to every lot. There's a good section of town that has sewer. It's all infill, power, gas, everything's right there. Quarter acre, flat lots, very, very easy. And here's the uh, important point as far as buy and hold. They are almost out of water taps. So there's a big restriction on supply now. So if I can get some buy and hold there. That became way more interesting. A few years ago, before this was a problem or before I knew it was a problem, wasn't as interested in buy and hold because it was very easy to bring on new supply. But now turns out that's not going to be the case for long. So I'm far more interested in keeping properties there as opposed to just selling them. Right. No, and that makes a lot of sense. Um, and so how old are you now? 27. Okay. So you've been doing this for about 11 years. Yeah, and there was a gap there when I was in college when I was working at the real or uh, the landscaping company, and then started my own business at 21. But yeah, it certainly feels like a long time because I've been managing other people and or running other people's businesses since I was very young. Yeah, that's awesome. And in terms of the land that you're closing on, are the is the money? I don't I don't know what price points you um, specialize in, but is it all internal capital or do you have some external capital? How is that? finance? So a lot of my own cash is in the business. I have lines of credit. And then I also have investors that fund deals for me. So it's a mix. And I am working to remove more of my own capital from the business. You know, A lot of my uh, older, wealthier friends uh, have really driven that home recently uh, and that I need to take more of my own capital out. Yeah. Um, especially. So what are the price points of your land acquisitions on average? On average, buy 15 to 40, sell at about double. About double, okay. And, and then how long does it take you to find an end client typically in a normal, you know, normal sales cycle? It, it's all over the board, man. There's there's certain parts of, of Florida where we're selling them within a few days. 
And then there's other markets, especially as it gets more expensive. You know, I just bought two really nice lots in Sneeds Ferry, North Carolina. I fully expect that to take three to six months to sell those. So it's varies quite a bit depending on the price point and area. Yeah, no, definitely. And um, in, in, in terms of, you know, obviously most, most of that you sell, so you, you, you haven't really had to manage um, properties, um, you know, on a, on a long-term basis, but it looks like you had some experience doing that from the prior company you used to work for. And, oh, plus uh, I've, I've slowly bought rentals over the years. So I have a number of rentals I've just kept. I just oh, haven't great. kept the ones I've built. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Um, and how are you able to manage those properties? Or uh, you mentioned, you know, you're doing a lot of work in Florida, North Carolina. Are those in those areas as well? If you're in Colorado, my, my buy and holds are all in Colorado Springs, and uh, well, I, I still have the first duplex I bought in Ohio, but everything else is here in Colorado Springs. And I have a property manager I hired directly. I, I host a real estate group here, and uh, I found her there and hi- hired her. So she just manages my properties. Nice. That's awesome. And so moving forward, do you have any, you know, lots in the pipeline? You know, what what's the next steps for you? Right oh now? yeah. Oh yeah. So our CRM is is very full right now. I think we have 15 lots for sale, you know, six or seven more under contract, probably 30 in the negotiation stage just before getting under contract, some of which won't, of course. Um, so just continually pushing that business especially in the environment we're in right now where there's such a migration to the Southeast and there's such a need for new housing. Um, and then I'm working on a, one, one big pivot point for me right now is I need to switch contractors. The one I've been using has gotten, has become a problem. We'll put it that way. Uh, as many of your listeners, I'm sure are, uh, have dealt with themselves. And so I have some meetings just in the next week or two here working to get another contractor so I can keep some more builds going and just keep them as we talked about. That's awesome. Well, great. And uh, how can my audience uh, learn about you, find you, connect with you? What's the best way for them to do that? Uh, DanHaberCost.com or just find me on Facebook or Instagram. Awesome. Well, Dan, thanks so much for coming on the show today. And if you liked what you heard and or saw, please give us a rating and review on iTunes. We'd really appreciate that. It would help uh, myself and Dan get our message out to a greater audience. That's the way the algorithm works. So Um, Really appreciate you coming on the show today and hope to stay in touch. Thanks, Anthony.